Welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight from baseless opinion. Today is March 5th, 2019. This is episode 259. My name is Scott Magnus. I'm Jake English. And on this week's show, we're going to end the lockout as it is and go around the bases and stretch out our hammies this spring training. We'll also make a mess with our rosterbation and make some really awful guesses. That normally happens when I rosterbate. And we'll do that right after we lubricate for the show. It's time for the drink of the week. Jake, what are you drinking this evening? I am drinking the finest pale ale made by Dale. It's a Dale's pale ale. Did you buy that? Uh, I did buy it. Is that against the rules? I did not buy it in 2019. Ah, okay. So that's acceptable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a 2018 purchase, uh, and it's in a can, so you know it's still okay. <laughs> yeah, it'll last forever, basically. Uh, I'm doing a gin and tonic, uh, Hendrix gin, uh, with some leftover uh, tonic that I have no how no clue how old it is. So I'm not sure if it was good because it was in a glass bottle as opposed to a can. So eh, it seems to taste okay, and it's tonic water, so it should be fine. You won't get malaria. Yeah, I think so. Nice. Hopefully, nice. Jake, how can we find out what you're drinking on a weekly basis and find out what people are actually buying you to drink since you can't buy your own beer this you year? You should uh, check us out on Untapped. I'm at Jake E four zero two five. Follow me at M A G N eight six zero six. And with that, let's go two hundred eighty characters less this week on the Twitters. This week on the Twitters, Scotty, I'm going to start with something that's very exciting. Uh-huh. This is a tweet that comes from Mark Viviano, and it's not just exciting because it's Viv. But his tweet is as follows. How much are the O's playing catch-up in their rebuild? During today's game broadcast, assistant GM Sig Meidel told Mass and Steve that most teams have 10 to 12 analysts working on advanced player uh, player performance data. When Meidel arrived, Baltimore had one rebuild. So that means that they're putting a staff together of the data folk. We're going to have more than one data folk that's Scott. great this is exciting news that's wonderful although the Orioles used to have like two or three but yeah oh well what's the right number uh well as, if i'm aware um one is the loneliest number <sighs> two is just as lonely just as could, number one. could as bad as one yeah. yeah right it's the loneliest number since the number one all right so we're trying to avoid that yeah three is the saddest experience that I ever knew <laughs> oh my gosh yeah <laughs> Beatles, Stones, or Three Dog Night. You know, whatever. Jake, uh, as we discussed, um, you know, the holdout slash lockout period has ended. Uh, I have decided to make the executive decision of putting out this tweet. And this comes from Kyle Glasser at Kyle Glasser. MLB announces a new player transfer agreement with the Mexican League. All players at least 25 years or old or uh, have six years of professional experience will be eligible to sign with an MLB club. Deal sets exactly how much a Mexican League teams will get from clubs when players sign? couple of questions. Yeah. So this is not a national emergency. Fake news. No. Okay. Second, um, will the Mexican League teams have to pay for those players to come Of course. Here? They're all, they're, they've been paying for it all along, okay? You know, ever since we started this podcast, they've been paying for it all along. This is just... This is what you have to do. You've got to play, you know, some hardball in terms of getting what we want to accomplish. And we finally got it. 
Miguel Gonzalez finally has an aquaponic tag associated with him. So now that he's a free agent for as long as he's been, he can finally sign with a team. Bam, done, got it. The art of the deal. Uh, I, I think stuff like this is actually good for Major League Baseball. It it cleans up a lot of really ugly situations. So good on them. Re- Are you calling Mexicans really ugly situations? Really? <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know how to respond to that. Okay, we're about to shut this podcast down again. Okay. All right. Our next tweet comes from Hardball Talk at Hardball Talk. Phillies have seen dramatic surge in ticket jersey uh, ticket and jersey sales since Harper signing. Really. Really? Signing Bryce Harper to a mammoth deal, a record-breaking deal, is is good for sales. Huh. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm writing this down just so that I don't forget. Crisco's sales also went up after the <laughs> signing as well, but we'll see how what happens. Next treat comes from Jake's Boy Toy, Roar from 34, at Roar from 34. Hi, Matt. I had to remind myself that it's still spring training uh, this, and he's responding to a tweet from Richard Dubroff indicating that Orioles announced attendance has 6,394. 6, 694 had actually been a much more accurate number. That's a Camden Yards yeah. total. But yeah, 6,394. I'm feeling we're going to see that during, I wouldn't say the first home series, but you know, midway through April when they're playing like the Jays, for example. It'll probably be around well, there. But you know, it's it's still the school year and it's cold. Yeah, yeah well, it's going to be really cold in August too, apparently. Attendance tweets should be hilarious yeah. this season. All right, our next tweet comes from Dylan Atkinson, who tweets at DAtkinson94. After a Santander double, Rickard hits a bloop RBI single. Note, Orioles have so many current and former Rule 5 players, I kind of wish Flaherty, McFarland, Verrett, and Garcia were here to join the party. Uh, Keyword is party. I really wish I were better at the... uh, at the visuals because if i could photoshop a party of five orioles rule five players uh mashup i would do it but uh now is that the one that luke perry was on or not on no 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 yeah look um sad passing of luke perry 52 is is too young and a stroke is horrible um but uh, you know we're of the age where everybody's you know referencing 90210 i remember luke perry in the fantastic film Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you have not seen the film and Luke Perry's performance in it, run. Do not walk to your nearest uh, Netflix, maybe. I don't know where it is, but go watch it. It's fine. probably Amazon Prime. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, absolutely terrible movie. What? Oh, we're going to fight about this later. The Weeding Universe does not recognize this. Um, Jake, uh, the Orioles are once again trading away international bonus slot money. Uh, the Twins acquired... Uh, this past week, $750,000 of international bonus pool money from the Orioles to acquire uh, right-hander Xavier Moore. I know this excites you. Hey, the more things change, the more they stay the same. But in all honesty, it, it's not like the Orioles are kind of using that money. You know, there was that big whole conversation about whether or not they were going to go out and get that Cuban shortstop prospect. But then it's like, well, he's probably just going to wait out until the next deadline signing comes out like what's the real benefit for him to do it so um yeah it seems like nothing's gonna happen that's any good news for baltimore Orioles fans yay yeah hey speaking of good news let's look at this tweet from john mioli who of course tweets at john mioli chris davis's spring training plate appearances so far this is as of march 3rd k k k looking six three home run k looking k Walk five three, F eight walk K K looking four three hashtag Orioles. Look, can we just 
can we can we make ourselves a, a promise? Can we make a pact, Scott? Let's not look at Chris Davis's stats in the spring. Nothing good can come of this. They're not going to do anything. We're not going to feel any better. Let's just not look. Can we do another thing? Let's do can, another thing. Can we not look at Chris Davis's stats during the regular season? Let's do that. Okay. Let you know what? Let's do that. Yeah. For, I I am making a commitment here on March the 5th. Just don't look at the stats. I am not going to look at cumulative Chris Davis yeah. stats ever. It, be like Mike Bordick. Don't look at stats in general and just live in the moment. No, that's not fair because Mike Bordick has to read them emphatically. Incorrect. Only if they're labeled as stats of the game does Mike Bordick need to read them in a very dramatic voice. You and got me. They're always going to be sugar-coated. But just live in the moment and just, you know, when Chris Davis has a really good at bat or he puts a ball out into Utah Street, say, that's the crusher we all know. I'm not. I'm not going to look at his line. I'm, I'm not going to look at his stats all year. Don't go too deep, Jake. Don't go too deep. Uh, Jake, last tweet. Uh, the season won't be all bad. And this tweet comes from Camden Chat at Camden Chat. Gary and Jim are on the television. This is not a drill. Gary and Jim are on the television. Mm. The only good thing about the Orioles broadcasting network right now. Hey. But at least we got Kevin Brown. He was a pretty good pitcher. <laughs> oh, wait. No, it's it's the other Kevin Brown. No, not that one. Not that one? It, yeah. So it's that other guy. The one that is, I think, younger than you? Hey, hey. Easy. Easy. You can't even, even beat the broadcasters anymore. It's so sad. <laughs> Come back, Darren O'Day. Come back, Darren O'Day. All right. Uh, Jake. Uh, we are starting to enter spring training. Uh, players are on the field playing baseball. Well, at least some of them are. Jake, I think it's time for a checkup. Time for your checkup. Time for your checkup. I'm going to check your ears, check your eyes, find out how much you've grown. Time for your checkup. going to listen to your heart fix you up, ready to go. Time for your checkup. It's okay if you giggle. So I realize we haven't done this in, in in quite some time. And, um, you know, I know we're a little rusty because it's spring training, everything like that. But the medical wing technically comes before this week on the Twitters, correct? Maybe. Okay. Folks, clearly if, I don't know because my show notes suck. Folks, if you could contact us at Bird's Eye View BAL and let us know how the show has been structured for the past <laughs> five years. How does this thing work? <laughs> I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. So let's get into the medical wing. Uh, Mark Trumbo is listed as possibly opening day, which I guess is the new, you know, part of this new category of now it not only being the disabled list, but the injured list, which I think fits well much more into the medical wing of being injured as opposed to disabled. So I really appreciate that. So um, Mark Trumbo opening day, there's no chance he is active on opening day, right? Yeah, I got it. I mean, if we're hoping, no. Hope does not live here in Baltimore in 2019. Uh, you know, he he he's he's practically guaranteed not to start the season and i guess it also comes back down to if the orioles are trying to skirt by folks on the rule five it makes it a little bit easier to say hey maybe we'll bring you in two to three weeks down the road give you a little extra time to get ready um and see what happens yeah absolutely um scott i want to give the medical wing i want to give the medical wing the finger not that one Okay. The other Kevin Brown. This one too? Uh, we got a serious issue with our pinkies coming up. I mean, look, uh, Jonathan VR uh, spiked himself in the in the game on Sunday, uh, ran his pinky right into somebody's spikes. 
now, of course, Brandon Hyde said that he would have continued if it were a real game, uh, but it's not. It's the spring, and so he didn't. But also in Saturday's game, uh, Trey Mancini left with soreness in his pinky uh, because he, he couldn't bat with it. And so, you know, maybe the Orioles need to do a better job of wearing those ridiculous mittens because we have an, a pandemic of pinky problems. Uh, Jake, can I ask you a question? Hmm. Um, what is the deal with pinkies? It's the fifth digit. Yeah. I believe it's the one that goes wee, wee, wee all the way home. But why is it that pinkies are always the source of our trouble? So, like, for example, whenever we're drinking, for example, which you and I have a tendency to drink, we have a tendency to stick our pinky out more so than not. It, 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 as a former political science slash history buff, can you explain to me um, why uh, there is a reason that we stick our pinky out? It's a veiled sign of aggression. Is it a veiled sign of aggression? No. Okay. Is there a good reason for it? No. Okay. I'm going to look into this for us. And next week, we're going to have another pinky conversation while we update how everyone else's pinky is doing. Because I'm very interested to see what is the reason why we stick our pinkies up for. This 2019 season is going to be brutal. <laughs> Folks, we warned you. Uh, with that, uh, why don't we go ahead and take our first break? Uh, let's go around the bases in our next segment. All right, so around the bases, uh, let's just say that um, you know, we've said this before for many a season. There's no reason to look at stat lines at all during spring training. They're pretty much worthless. You know, K rate and home runs, you know, they can sometimes be important. But in reality, we've got to come back to the Jake Fox situation or Brian Mattis posting some ridiculous whips during spring training to fully realize that it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Um, you know, enjoy the games, watch for a few nice moments, um, look for some plate discipline, but past that, it doesn't really matter. It, it, it really doesn't. This is just, this is nothing. This is just an opportunity to get out there and, uh, not have the guys just be looking at each other's asses, uh, in, in the outfield and get them to play some actual baseball. I, I really feel like the, the amateurs, you know, we, us, uh, yeah, yeah, us, we can't really tell the difference between a good spring outing and a bad spring outing. You know, I feel like a starter can go out there and get creamed, give up seven runs, and walk away saying, yeah, I, I, I did really well today. You know, I spotted that changeup every time I threw it. And, you know, we just don't have enough information. We don't know what we're looking at. So this takes spring. us to first base, and it's first base is spring training hot takes are terrible. Um, the fact that people have posted on Twitter indicating that Mike Wright has looked good Shame on you. Shame on you. Dylan Atkinson, I am looking directly at you. How dare you, sir? How dare you? I can tell you he's tall. He is tall. Definitively. Yeah. And he likes Harry Potter. He does. He's got that going for him. But That's it, everybody. That's it. That's all he has going for him. He's a Hufflepuff. Did we Come learn on. nothing from the Byron Mattis experience? Spring training tells us nothing. Nothing at all. Move on. Can we go to second base? We can. I would like, in our second base, to revisit 
some broadcasting changes. Yeah, um, it is impossible to express our sadness at the retirement of Joe Angel. Impossible. Like the the couple of weeks afterward that that it happened, my wife was getting pissed because every like couple of days I would just you know I'd be scrolling through Twitter and I just deep heavy sigh, and she said, "You're sad about Joe Angel again, aren't you?" Yeah, yeah. I, I re- in a town in which we were lucky enough to have uh, John Miller. You know, I, I grew up listening to John Miller as a kid. I really think that Joe Angel is the voice of Orioles baseball. If you're now counting Chuck uh, Chuck Thompson, I agree. That says a lot to to overcome a voice and a presence like John Miller. Joe Angel, incredibly special. Um. But yeah, so I know we're a little late to the game. We haven't podcasted in a while, but I just want to just throw love just unconditionally and grossly on Joe Angel. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, Joe Angel is going to go into the Orioles Hall of Fame. Totally. Um, obviously, Joe Angel um, deserves a retirement. Um, I can completely understand that his decision is being made. At the same point, um, it's that static white noise that um, ultimately was special. And Joe Angel knew exactly how to hit the gaps within that static white noise to make it magical. And uh, again, put a image uh, in your head of exactly what is going on. And, you know, Fred Manfred, I love him, but he wasn't able to do that for me. Uh, Jim Hunter will never be able to do that for me. Uh, Steve Molesky, God almighty. We're not going to talk about that. That's absolutely a train wreck. It, it's... <sighs> It takes a rare talent, and I think it's going to be a dying art going forward to find someone that understands when it's important to say something and when it's important to not say something. And more importantly, it's going to be very difficult to find someone of Joe Angel's talent and caliber to talk for three to four hours when the team is no longer in the game from start to finish. You know, I I loved because Joe Angel would allow you to celebrate along with him during good times. And he would also let you in on the joke during the bad times. You know, um, it was, he was a comforting presence at all times. Um, I, I will miss his call on the radio. Here's what I would put it out as I would be driving in the car, uh, listening to the radio, listening to Joe Angel, of course. And my wife would be sitting next to me and, uh, Joe Angel would make, um, one of his famous jokes or, uh, comments uh, and then about two innings later, uh, he would basically come back to that reoccurring joke that he had brought up two innings later. And of course, me being the dad that I am and being the individual where I like that kind of cold delivery, I would crack up laughing at it. And my wife would say, God, that is so stupid. I cannot believe it. And you know what? It's that stupidity of that inner monologue and inner conversation that is not being said, but you're completely aware of the story that is being told that ultimately you're listening to the baseball game, but you're also part of the experience of everything around you in the stadium of that small talk. And we've talked about baseball being all about the environment and the small talk. It's not just what's going on in the field. It's everything that surrounds the game. And Joe Angel had that ability to surround you in that game as opposed to talking to you about um, you know, exactly what was going on at the plate. It'll be interesting to get to know this Kevin Brown guy. He's going to do about 50 Orioles games. He fills the void, at least for now, uh, that Joe Angel leaves behind. 
you know, the Orioles will turn to Jim Hunter for the majority of play-by-play. I made it no secret. I do not mind uh, Jim Hunter in the television because I can see with my own eyes what he's describing. On the radio, his orange-colored glasses are unchallenged, and you can't tell you can't tell if you're being given a partisan view of what's going on or not. And that's a real problem for me on the radio. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how this Kevin Brown guy works out. It'll also be interesting to see if, uh, if they make some adjustment to the Orioles, the Orioles radio network side of the house, is Jim Hunter going to be the primary guy? Are they going to bring in somebody, you know, next season to replace Joe Angel with, with a little bit more notice? It'll be interesting. I, I have to be honest. I have no beef with the Steve Molesky in the booth for a spring training thing. The Orioles, I get the impression, did not see the retirement coming. Sure. And with little notice, you deal with what talent you have in-house, and you you, you know fake it till you make it. It's fine. At least they're not putting him on the air during the regular season. No big deal. No big whoop. For a few games, they get broadcast on the radio. For a home game, anybody... Would have been better than Steve Molesky. I would have gone to immediately to Tom Davis and said, you're doing play-by-play for spring training. We're going to fly you down here. What's it going to cost? Hey, you know I have a soft spot for Tom Davis. Yeah. Uh, other changes worth talking about. Uh, so Sarah Perlman is going to be the sideline reporter or the on-field reporter for Masson. Is that role in any way meaningful in baseball? You shut your mouth. Amber Theo Harris is a god. Look, between Amber and, you know, Viv did it for a couple of years. Tom yeah. Davis famously did it for, you know, h- Lord knows how many networks. Yeah. All not, extremely talented people. I'm and not, now we have Sarah Portman. Well, I'm not really sure that the the on-field reporter is is really a, a meaningful spot. Let me let me say let me say this. We need desperately, I believe, more women in baseball. And I, you know, from the media to front offices to every aspect of the organization. And I would prefer that they be in meaningful positions. I, I, I almost resent the aspect of having, you know, a position like the on-field reporter, you know, just the way NFL does with, you know, sideline reporters. Sure. It almost, it almost comes across as demeaning. Maybe that's, maybe that's me. Uh, but I, you know, do we really need an, an on-field reporter and and if not, aren't there better ways that we can get the best talents uh, in baseball, including women, to our screens, into our earbuds, and onto our our cell phones in, in a in a better way? Ultimately, I want what I'm hearing from whoever it may be something that is informative to me. So, for example, um, I like to hear Jim Palmer talk and be critical. I don't like to hear Mike Bordick basically not be critical of things that are obviously flawed on the field. I love to talk, have Gary Thorne talk to me about, you know, a lobster bisque that he had up in Maine this offseason. This, this is informative to me in case I'm ever in Maine. I know where to go get lobster bisque. I like, like folks like Jessica Mendoza on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball because I feel like she offers an interesting color commentary. I, I don't see how Sarah Perlman offers anything insightful to me while watching the broadcast. And I feel like ultimately... The Orioles are going with the old school model of let's put a pretty blonde headed girl on the side um, to basically, you know, entertain the 20 to 50 year old male demographic. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it's a very simplistic slash shallow move. 
Yeah, I think she probably got more more to offer than that, and it would be nice if the Orioles gave her that chance. And maybe they will. Maybe yeah. they will. I'll, I'll be waiting to see. Uh, based off of what I've seen her do on Masson uh, and on social media, I'm skeptical. Yeah, but I, I, I almost don't know if that's more the Orioles not doing Masson well. You know, not doing social media well. I don't know. You put the word Masson in there with the Orioles not doing blank well. <laughs> Did you really need to put Masson in there? All right, let's let's move on. Third base. Uh, I know this happened. A Can couple- we even get to third base? No. Okay. No. Very unlikely. Okay. I know it's been a little while. We uh, we haven't gotten together in a little bit. So let's talk about promotions. The Orioles announced their promotion schedule. I have to tell you, there were some things I liked. Yep. And things I didn't so much like. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to run through the list. Yep. Shout out whenever it's appropriate. Okay. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, a couple clear winners for me. I like the uh, BB-8 Orioles beanie. Okay. All right. At least it's he's orange. Right. That's that's, that's right. good. It fits. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, I think, is this. The League of Their Own No Crying in Baseball shirt. Oh, you like the most overrated baseball movie of all time. Oh, geez. We're going to fight about this. <laughs> this is famously my favorite baseball film. Easily. Easily my favorite baseball so Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Are you going to go sit on the field and watch the, watch the baseball movie? I might. Wow. I might. Wow. When was the last time you watched The League of Their Own? Uh, I believe I watched it last year. It is a great movie the last time i watched it i couldn't get over it. like oh i forgot that this bit was in there there is one moment that i watched last time and i thought to myself i'd never realized that before but um i was just like that's something i would not have gotten 10 years ago but now i get and it's the moment when they're doing the training and the auditions and um the ball rolls over to you know, the black um, African lady, African American woman, and she throws it back to Didi. She catches it. She shakes her hand, nods. Other lady nods back. And I'm like, all right, that, that's that's actually kind of cool because it's kind of a nod back to, you know, yeah, you could be part of here, but you really can't be part of here because of, you know, discrimination at that time. So that's cool. But honestly, <sighs> for the highly quotable nature of that film, for the, the the sheer besides there's no crying in, in baseball. What else? I'm not going to defend this film to you. I don't. I don't have. Is, is there defend. anything else I'm missing here besides yeah. there's no crying in baseball? Do me a favor. Watch it. Watch it again. You're a big Rosie we'll O'Donnell fan, aren't you? <laughs> I for I forgot in my last watching. I forgot that the film basically began with John Lovitz. Yeah. As as almost a throwaway. Yeah. So does the Rocketeer. <laughs> that doesn't make it a good movie. That's true. <laughs> John Lovett's a good film does not make. All right. All right. Back back to the promotions. Um, I, I, also, my... Did we just make a Rocketeer reference in this podcast? No, you did. Okay. And I went right along with you. Okay. Uh, also, on my likes list... 91? 89? Yeah, look it up. It's early. 91? I think it's 91. Uh, the Dashboard Hula Bird. I think okay. that's unique enough to yeah. be fun. Uh, but but uh, next to the No Crying in Baseball shirt, my, my second favorite is the Oriole Bird Nutcracker. You know who this, whose name has this written all over. Well, I'm excited about this because it means that I will get to Christmas decorate with Orioles stuff in a way that will probably upset my wife. I, I disagree. If there's one thing your wife loves, it's not cracking. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to say Christmas. <laughs> uh, well, that too, but not cracking is the number one. All right. A couple of things that are just, they're not bad. They're just not my thing. Okay. All right. I'm going to make a confession I, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. I know I'm like one of the three people on the face of the earth. So the fact that they've got a 
Game of Thrones event. You know night. nothing, Jake English. I know nothing. That's a reference, and I don't get it. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. That's cool. Jon Snow, you know nothing, Jon Snow? Yeah, right? there okay. you go. Good job. Yeah. See, I get the reference. Yeah. I've just never seen it. Uh, but look, you know, if you like the Game of Thrones, good on you. All right, they've got a thing. It's just, it's not for me. Whatever. Uh, also, a bark in the park. I don't have a dog. I, it doesn't really appeal to me, but they've doubled down. It's not just one. They've got two of them, sure. which I know is hugely popular. So good for them. But that's, I, I think it's cool that they're, you know, that they're investing in that. Lots of Orioles fans who love to bring their dogs to the park. It's, it's wildly successful in other cities. So again, not for me, but good for them. So here's my question. Uh, Game of Thrones event, and then they also have the Star Wars event. Sure. These are replicates of what they did last year. Yep. You okay with that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I th- I think uh, tying things to Star Wars and Game of Thrones is a way to print money. Okay. That's fine. Uh, Jake, if there is a franchise, as it were, mm-hmm. that they could have an event for, what would it be? I mean, they've already got League of Their Own, so I don't know what else there is. Okay. Uh, I'd have to think about that. I mean, you know, massive fan bases. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek, maybe. You know, for for the the fanboys out there, I I don't I don't know what else. What else they haven't tapped into? All right, so I've got an idea. Oh, Lord. So uh, I'm not sure if this is still being done in Baltimore, but I would think that a collaboration between the Orioles and BronyCon would be <laughs> amazing to go to and see how it would look. I, you know, I'm down for that. Yeah. I think that would be great. I would love to see some clompers <laughs> popping around in Camden Yards. Um, okay. Next category. And for you children listening out there, ask your dad what a clomper is, okay? Thanks so much. Uh, next category, I, I will call fun but old, meaning... Are we still talking about My Little Pony? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's been done at this point. Uh, the Orioles script jersey, it, again, it was successful. They they did it. Okay, fine. They're doing it again. It's, I don't understand why. It's like, okay, yeah, it's great, but there has to be something better? Yeah. I have okay, and then I mean, I guess the other one that they're putting out this year, which is fun but old, was the Hawaiian shirt. Right, which, and at this point, their third or fourth Hawaiian shirt, like yeah. Eh, eh. And then Jake, what's in your absolute dumbest category? Dumbest, easy, running away with it, and no, it's not a league of the round. Yeah. It's the WB Mason delivery truck. Mm-hmm. It's like the lame Hess truck of Orioles baseball season. Yeah, yeah. that's just dumb. I've got an issue. Okay, bring it on. I have a major issue um, with uh, the 2019 promotions. Okay. Um, Jake, I think you and I both agree uh, that this team is going to be terrible, correct? Uh, that would be a polite way of saying it, yes. Okay. Uh, Jake, um, what do all good, um, terrible Orioles teams have in common? Uh, the Orioles? I, I... A- incorrect. Uh, the correct answer I was looking for is Shirzy Promotions. <laughs> Jake, why are jerseys not back in stock now? I want to start collecting my Felix PAs, my Hayden Penn jerseys all over again so that when we get to the good times again, I can wear my old school jerseys and people will say, hmm, he was there when it really sucked. Well, the promotion schedule has a couple of t-shirts, but they're not defined yet. Yes, and there needs to be more of these. So... Are you are you looking for jerseys of the now players so we can say we were there during the darkest of the dark times, or do you want reissues of the Felix PAs? Ooh. Because I think that would be Ooh. embracing the awful that we used to be Ooh. in a in a kitschy fun way. I think like a Freddie Boom Boom Bynum shirt oh. would be amazing. Wow, 
a Screech Jeff Fiorentino shirt. I mean, th- th- there's a lot to mine from. All right. So this is a great idea. And I, I love this idea in terms of uh, a blast of the past, for example. And, and I've been thinking about a this. A blast of the past. Yes. Uh, and I've been thinking about this. And we were talking before about Orioles that were previously on the team that still need a return. So maybe it's a situation they say, we are just waiting to go out and, and, and re-sign Giovanni Gerardo again. And then we're going to have a Gallardo jersey giveaway for the Baltimore Orioles. I like it. Or, or they could like sign those guys for one day. You know, like their make a wish kids or something. There you go. And uh you know, celebrate with a shirt. Again, more jerseys. Again, if I'm not gonna wear it, it's a great thing to wash my car with. So again, Orioles, I'd rather have a jersey uh than any of these aspects like the BBA beanie. I don't care about that. I want something to wash my car with. Go make it happen. Jake, you have to stop laughing on this podcast. No, I don't. Uh Jake, uh let's come around to home plate and I'm going to uh, to a certain regard come back to second base uh and i've been p- kind of you know kind of thinking about this and i'm not sure how big of a deal it is but uh, i've been thinking about ben mcdonald a lot and i've been thinking about you know how big of a deal is it that you know he's coming back on and doing the broadcast because as much as i love ben mcdonald um he's kind of got that southern draw which i love but he also does some things that i would constitute as mildly racist maybe what i I don't know like here's the thing i I, I came across this one tweet where ben mcdonald was doing an sec broadcast by the way not the direction i thought you were going so he had it on the sec broadcast and uh he's talking about and of course he's from cajun territory and he drops the the term coon on it and i understand it's a cajun dialect from a regional standpoint but like, should he be looking at this and being like, oh, is that acceptable? I'll tell you, that probably goes over a lot better in Louisiana than it would Yeah, exactly. No, I completely agree. <laughs> but, like, obviously he's on an ESPN broadcast and doing this. So I guess I raised the question, like, when does it blow up in Ben McDonald's face in Baltimore? Ooh. Well, I didn't know that it happened. So maybe if you keep bringing attention to it, we'll get that much closer. I mean, I don't know if it's that big of a deal. Um, And like I said, maybe I'm just blowing it out of water. But I'm going to play it really quickly for you. And and you can just let me know whether or not you think it's like ridiculous or if it's like maybe we should have a conversation about this. My wife is from the big town of Mamou, Louisiana, which is like the Kunas capital, the Cajun capital (laughs) of the world. And so I know all about this and gumbos. Give me some room. Let's get going. So to be fair, uh, he's talking about Cajun country. Yes, there's probably some context that I don't get there, but I will agree that that probably wouldn't go over well in an Orioles broadcast. Okay, so we're not deeply concerned yet, but it's room to watch maybe and maybe listen a little more carefully when Ben McDonald's talking to see what he drops on the radio, especially with Jim Hunter. <laughs> yeah, that's... That is a uh, that is some difficult color commentary. Um, I will say that I was suspicious of you from the start, and I totally expected you to play a clip of uh, Disney's Song of the South. I I I I absolutely thought that's where this was. I'm going. no Briar Rabbit, okay. All right, no fair fair uh, fair. So fair, I shouldn't overreact to this. Fair just critique. Yet. Let's let's take a look. Let's all have our ears out for uh, for uh, Ben McDonald for, for Cajun territory. Just just curious. 
So I shouldn't. I should still like Ben McDonald, right? I think so. Okay, I just want to make sure that I was allowed to still like Ben McDonald uh, going forward because I really like Ben McDonald. It's 2019. You never know. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to. Oh my goodness. I'm still so conflicted. I need to take a break. Um, we'll come back and do some roster bait. Am I allowed to roster bait too? I don't even know. It's a weird aspect in 2019. We'll be right back. Try to breathe. <laughs> it's been a really long time since I've cried laughing on this podcast. Um, what are we doing? Wasn't that like three weeks ago? Um, oh, hey, second segment. Let's talk about the roster, Scotty. Yeah, I have a um, I have some beef. Okay, I feel like we failed. Wilson Bennett meets on the on, team. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I feel like we failed on the roster front the last couple of years. Uh, I feel like the last few years we've done the roster guessing too late. Okay. Too many guys have been cut. It was too obvious, basically. Too many guys, yeah, there, there were so few questions. Um, also, you know, we kept bringing back the same team year after year with just a couple of, of, you know, tweaks here and there. This is a show about baseless opinions. And so, frankly, we need to double down on those. Okay. And so I say, let's right now make our roster predictions for 2019 and then revisit them and see how bad we were. Sure. So, um, Let's do this. If you'll remember, usually what we do is we we go back and forth. We talk about who we think is going to be there, and then we we laugh. Uh, you, <laughs> can I start with the starting pitchers? Would that be all right? Sure. All right. Um, so I I think that the three are obvious, right? So it'll be uh, Alex Cobb, Andrew Kashner, Dylan Bundy. Okay. Right. It's really what are you going to do with the rest? And the question will come down to how many starters will there be on the roster uh, on opening day? You know, what's the off day situation in April going to be like? I'm going to forget all that. I'm just going to put five starters down. Um, and the two starters that, I, that I'm going to select are, are gimme's David Hess and Jeffrey Ramirez. And the reason I've picked those guys is because of how my relievers okay. break down. So I think that those two guys make the club nominally as starters and they last, you know, at least until May. Okay. Uh, Jake, for my starting pitchers, I'm going to go with Dylan Bundy, Alex Cobb, Andrew Kashner. <laughs> okay. Three guys. Yeah, that's it. Do you have a category of openers? Of course. Okay. I do not. I have a traditional setup. Gotcha. Um, I, I don't I, think you're wrong. I'm just saying I have a traditional setup. So uh, my categories for openers are, um, yes. <laughs> All of the above. All of the above. All of the above. Uh, I've got... Um, Yes, everybody in here. I've got uh, everyone from uh, David Hess to Nathan Carnes to Yesbury Ramirez to Luis Ortiz to Mike Wright to Hunter Harvey to Dylan Tate. Uh, Michael Givens gets an opening start one time just to see what happens from a trade bait state standpoint. Richard Blyer gets out there because he made a bet with uh, the manager and lost. Um you know, even Donnie, Donnie Long gets out there one time and, you know, he's not even on the 40 man roster, but he's going to get out there one day and just be like, I'm going to show you guys how it's done. And, uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. He's not on the roster yet. Uh, I also will come back and say, uh, a starting pitcher, uh, for the Orioles at one portion of the season will be Bartolo Colon. Hey, from your lips to God's ears. Gu- guaranteed. Happens. Let's at least be entertained. Yep. My relievers, uh, Michael Givens, I think Mike Wright gets, uh, gets a spot, uh, Richard Blyer, 
uh, Miguel Castro, Tanner Scott, Jimmy Yacobonis, and I have Nate Carnes as a reliever because I don't think that his arm is going to hold up to starting, but that's just me. Sure. So I've got uh, Givens, uh, I've got Blyer, I've got Miguel Castro, I've got Mike Wright, I've got option, 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 option. Yeah, Norfolk Shuttle is going to be overheated this year. Yeah. And Bowie Shuttle. <laughs> and DeMarva Shuttle. And Frederick Shuttle. And what is this? What's that? Mexican League Shuttle? That's interesting. Apparently that's, that's legal now. Yeah, it's legal now. All right. Uh, let's skip the infield for a minute because I think that's the most interesting. Let's talk about the outfield. Who do you have patrolling the outfield for the Baltimore Orioles in 2019? Uh, to begin the season? Yes. Uh, Opening day. Sure. I've got Trey Mancini in left field. I've got Cedric Mullins in center field. And in right field, I've got, um, I don't know. I'll go with, uh, Joey Ricker just to piss us all off. <laughs> You're an agent of chaos. You're an agent of chaos. Uh, if anything, I've learned from the 2018 season. Yes. I'm an agent of chaos. I, I myself have Mancini Mullins. Uh, I have, Hayes and Santander. Nope. No? Nope. No. Nope. No. Nope. Okay. I, I think that we've got Hayes and Santander, one, because Joey Rickard should not be on the Major League roster, uh, and second, because the only other real contender is, what, DJ Stewart? Yeah. I don't I don't think either of those guys uh, make it. I think that, uh, I think at least the initial disappointment comes from Santander and Hayes. we got Trumbo, too. Well, yeah, but... I mean, he's an outfielder, right? I, That's what I, Buck told me last year. I also have him starting on the DL. Oh, okay, right. right. To make room for somebody in my last uh, column, which is the infielders. Right. So the infielders, there are some, you know, some just clear winners. Uh, Chris Davis. Okay. Clearly going to be there. Jonathan VR. Okay. Obviously, I think makes the club. This is where we fall off the track. Uh, catchers has to be Cisco and Win. Uh, yep. wins right i mean those those are your two guys who's gonna get more innings uh, i think austin wins gets more innings this year i wow i don't know but who cares yeah right. it doesn't matter um they're both not really good so Cis- well chan cisco is the next jake fox of course and jake fox did so good for the rest of his career he did um i think richie martin makes the team i agree i think that he he sticks um, I also think because of Mark Trumbo that Drew Jackson makes a club. I agree. Um, this is where the rubber starts to meet the road. Uh, I have Alcides Escobar making the club. I do too. Okay. And that leaves my last infielder as, and this is mostly for Matt Taylor's kid, Renato Nunez. I agree. Uh, I got Bilar, Martin, uh, Escobar, Chris Davis, Drew Jackson, Renato Nunez. Here's my question. I'm listening. I don't think the infield is that interesting. I think it's going to be a aspect of um, a boggle set. And um, Brandon Hyde is going to take it every single day. And he's going to shake it. And wherever the pieces land, he's going to say, all right, that's where my players are playing tonight. Um, my more important question from the infield is, um, well, who am I kidding? We, we should do this. In a proper fashion. So let me go ahead and do this in the in the most proper fashion, um, and uh, we'll go from from here.
So, Jake, our last fantasy boss, um, it didn't look like it hit whatsoever. Um, that's fine. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and give you another one. But this is a long-term fantasy boss. That's a long-term fantasy. I'm listening. Yeah. Uh, so, Jake, uh, over and under mm-hmm. on Chris Davis still being on the roster as of June 15th. Um, I'll take the over. So you're going to say he's on the roster past June 15th? Yes. Okay. I will definitely would have taken the under. Uh, yeah. What does... What does being rid of Chris Davis by the 2019 Baltimore Orioles? Uh, first of all, the um, dugout will be cleaner. Uh, second of all, um, there'll be less distraction, um, mainly because his wife won't come into the locker room. Uh, number three, um, you know, there won't be these goofy antics of him smiling during picture day. So, I mean, that's going to be a positive as well. Uh, and number four, it gives Jim Palmer new shtick to play with. So, again... Ultimately, it benefits the entire team. Um, let's just make it happen. Yeah, I mean, he's not blocking anybody at first base. Trey Mancini. Well, we don't know that. I mean, Ryan Mountcastle now is starting to get reps at first base, so maybe Ryan Mountcastle is your uh, your first, future first baseman. Yeah, but stress on future. I, I I just don't think Chris Davis is blocking anybody that needs to be here right now. I and and he's not, you know. Th- Moving uh, Mancini to first wouldn't bring a, an outfielder that desperately needs to be here to Baltimore. I, I just don't think that there's anything worth rushing anybody else for. And, uh, you know, well, they're stuck with the contract. Let's think about this from a from an outfit perspective. Um, so we talked about Cedric Mullins. Um, you mentioned Austin Hayes. I'm not sure if Austin Hayes is going to be ready at the beginning of the season. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. I mean, we've been surprised before with a you know, the outskirts of Joey Rickard having miraculous spring trainings and then somehow making the team. So maybe Austin Hayes uh, continues to pile up the hits and the Orioles say, let's go ahead and bring him north and what's the worst that it can do. But I come back to the fact, do you want DJ Stewart on this team going forward? Do you want uh Neil Diaz coming up at some point? Maybe. I feel like those guys have to make the case that they, that they have nothing else to achieve at the minor league level. Right? They have nothing else... I don't think we have a single prospect uh, in our organization that couldn't show something more. I think if you're talking about a prospect that is a top 20 prospect, in essence, you're absolutely right. It's like they're hitting for over 400. They're not learning anything there. Sure. All our prospects are going to be hitting like when they're hot, maybe 320 to 340. I mean, it's more of a situation where you're just getting them comfortable with the ins and outs of the major league roster. I mean, this is not like uh, a Vlad Guerrero Jr. situation where you're like, okay, we're trying to hold him out from additional service time standpoint. Ultimately, you're just putting out a really good defensive club up there, and you're trying to get people to basically learn good baseball fundamentals while you continue to grow the farm system, um, You know, as we've talked about before, for you know year five or year six. And the majority of these players are not going to be here to year five or year six. And even if they are, they're going to be like a Trey Mancini player where they're going to be like a one-to-two war player, which is really not that big of a deal. Um they're going to be like a Jonathan Scope. And everyone's starting to realize that Jonathan Scope really is that one to two war player and it's not going to be the superstar that everyone thought they were he was going to be. But I could digress. Um, but I, you're I, taking the under. I'm taking the under. No question about it. Uh, I don't see Chris Davis making it. 
I think the the pressure and uh, everything gets to him, and he's gone by June fifteenth. But not by his making. You think the the club will cut him? I think the club will cut him. I think they're just gonna be like, nope, we're gonna move on past it, and uh, best wishes. Man, this 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 one's gonna sneak up on us and surprise mm-hmm. us. You know, wherever we are in fantasy boss during the season, if this happens. It could and or shit the tide. And or if I remember on you, June 15th. You will not remember. No, you will not remember. All right. So we have covered starting pitcher. We've covered relief pitchers. We've covered infielders. We've covered outfielders. We've covered catchers. Uh, designated hitter? Mark Trumbo, right? Well, whenever he gets back, sure. Yeah. And then uh, besides that, it's Anthony Santanda, right? Yeah. Okay. Santanda. Santanda. Anybody else that we need to cover? No. No. Okay. There's nothing else exciting about this club. I, this was pretty boring, on all honesty. Well, we'll we'll look back and see how successful we were. Is there a single predict- player on that twenty-five man roster that you're like, I want to see how he does this year? Probably Richie Martin, just to see. That's sad. If we have anything, that's really freaking sad. Well, I mean, what else you got? Uh, you know, I I, I I got one. All right, let's hear it. My one this year that I really want to see how it actually turns out is I want to see what D- Dylan Bundy does. Sure. I want to see what Dylan Bundy does going forward this year. And Dylan Bundy is my own only potential bright spot and also my only potential. All right. We might have to get rid of him. Um, a la Jake Arietta. And I'll be very interested to see what Sigma Dell does and everything with a Dylan Bundy to see if they can, to a certain regard, resurrect his career as it were, because, you know, he's going to be a free agent in 2022. Um, you know, you still got him for a few more years, but he's starting to get into arbitration-eligible territory. Uh, at, at what point do the Orioles just say, you know, we're going to trade you away and hopefully someone can deal with it? Or at what point do they say, we're going to try to turn you into something, and if we can turn you into something in the next year or so, then we're going to go ahead and try to sign you to a long-term contract and go forward with this? Honestly, I think that there was a time last season where he looked awesome. First half, of, his, first half of the season, he looked good. trade value never would have been higher. Mm-hmm. And if the Orioles have that moment in this season, they should they take should it. Trade him. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So we are basically. I'm looking forward to then Dylan Bundy um, escalating his trade value going yeah. forward. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's sad, but that's a heck of a thing to root for. Yeah. All right. Great. But hey, jerseys, jerseys, if they exist, if they exist, Jake, why don't we go ahead and blow the save? So, Jake, we are entering in to the last few weeks, getting ready for one of the greatest times of the entire year. Of course, I'm talking about WrestleMania. Jeez. So, Jake, uh, the main event, it looks like this year, is going to be a all-women's main event for the first time in WrestleMania history. It is going to be Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. So, Jake, who are you picking to win in this three-way women's main event for the first time in WrestleMania history? Someone other than whom you've just named as a total surprise. Oh, that's a good one. See, let's pull the curtain back a little bit here. We record on Monday nights, uh, which means that, uh, you know, we each have our roles to fill in this podcast. And uh, one of the things I do is uh, write up the posts while Scott plays with the ones and the twos and makes the sound right. And while he does that, he turns on wrestling. Wrestling. uh, So that 
so that basically he can kill as many of my brain cells as is possible. But I, it, if I know nothing about wrestling, it's that the theater is the most important part. So, Scott... It's all can, about the storytelling. I can only answer that it will be the most dramatic thing possible. Okay. Do you think the heel will win or the face will win? Okay. I know what a heel is. Okay. So, I, I guess the face is the opposite yes, of the heel? Yes, of course. You got to go heel. You're going to go heel? Yeah, of course. So, who is the heel, Jake? I have no idea. Okay. All right. Well, Jake has given us his wonderful insight into wrestling almost as insightful as i am on baseball absolutely very well done jake very well done we will follow up with more wrestling insight from jake english this is how terrible 2019 is on the road to wrestlemania and that good lord that is our show remember you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birds of you baltimore Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and many others. Please remember to rate and review the show. Otherwise, we'll give you a pile driver, and we appreciate the feedback. And it encourages other people to listen for the first time, unfortunately. Come get social with us. You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. But the best way to find us is on Twitter, where we tweet at bird's eye view b-a-l and with that baltimore and beyond i will bid you all a fond adieu adieu good night baltimore be safe out there and let's go o's wrestlemania really wave it bye-bye and now i'm sad yep would you like me to open the door for your grandma I completely forgot about that one. So many great calls. So many great calls. Nelson Cruz, home run. Tampa Bay, right? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Bueno. Bueno. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.